enjoying the church service this morning. Great to have you here with us and so good to see you here. And there's a, quite a few faces I have seen around the place that are, are new to me. So if you're visiting with us, welcome and um, hope that uh, God really touches you today by being in church with us this morning. And if you're a regular, give yourself a pat on the back and say, it's great to see you back here in church again. So that was underwhelming. Let's have a hand for coming to church. Give yourself a hand. <clears throat> so the last two weeks we've had, uh, we had Dave Hammers a couple of weeks ago from Adelaide as a guest speaker spoke on uh, uh, hello, faith under pressure. Who remembers that message? Hello, faith under pressure. Uh, and last week, Pastor Josh uh, pre preached on faith that fits. And to tell you the truth, this morning I was planning to preach on uh, the prophetic and how to use the prophetic and what um, being a prophet means today and all those sorts of things. But I, I put that back because I, I want to make sure that's fully polished and fully prepared before I bring that one. Uh, because I think it's really, really important that that area is, is perfectly fitted in the church, not, not uh, clumsily uh, administered as so often happens. So uh, I'm looking forward to bringing that, but I think it'll be a 15-part series. But uh, this morning I've got part three uh, of supernatural faith. So I think the other, the other portions of it go through our uh, podcast and you'll find them somewhere back in the archives. But today's part three of supernatural faith. Um, I'm going to continue on, the, uh, on our theme, uh, I don't know for how long, but on the supernatural. So if you are visiting with us, the theme this year has been supernatural and how that affects us as Christians, as believers in so many parts of our life. I think that the, the amazing thing is we live as Christians often, uh, not always, but often where we disconnect ourselves from the, the element of the supernatural when the whole, the whole function of being a Christian is to step out of our natural into a supernatural realm. So uh, I want us to stay connected to that. Um, it, it's, when, uh, it's what comes to us when we believe. When we believe in Jesus, what comes into our life is a supernatural experience. Oh, so thoughtful of you there, Charlotte. Did anyone notice? You just look carefully on the stage. I, would, I wouldn't have mentioned that, but that's so thoughtful of you, Charlotte. Thank you very much. Just probably should be, maybe there would be better. There you go. I couldn't do that two years ago because there's too, too many South Australians in the room that wouldn't have appreciated that, but... I have, I have grace for people this morning. <clears throat> but supernatural faith is where miracles come from. And we ought to be believers. If you're going to be a believer, be a believer who believes. Believe in miracles. Believe in the power of God. Believe for the power of God to bring salvation to people. Believe in the power of God to bring healing to people. Believe in the power of God to bring uh, provision all those things we should, we ought to be. If you're going to be a believer, be a believing believer. So hopefully this morning uh, the message uh, resonates with you and, and lifts you into something. Why don't we just pray before we get into it. So dear Heavenly Father, 
We just pray this morning that your word will lift us into new dimensions, that your word will encourage our spirits, that your word will be heard accurately and, uh, and right in our spirits. So I just pray today for every single person that today may be a, change, a changing day, maybe a day of, of new things, a day of start, uh, new starts. So we just thank you for, for what you're going to do through your word this morning in Jesus' name, again. I said again, not amen, sorry. Maybe a new way of finishing prayers. But faith is God's, super, is God's supernatural in operation in our natural. So faith brings God supernatural into operation into our natural. So sometimes in life we get used to doing things abnormally. So I'll explain that. When something is broken, so it's like using a bucket to flush the toilet when the cistern is broken. Who's ever done that? Never done that. You, you, need, to, you need to live in a house like I've lived in. It's like the, the cistern breaks, so you press the button, there's no water. So, so mum says, get, fill up a bucket and flush the toilet with a, using a bucket because there's no water in the cistern. That's when something's broken. We, we do things in an abnormal way to, to, to cover over something that's broken. It's like using... Uh, it's like roll starting your car when the starter motor is broken. Who's ever done that? I think I've done that too many times to, to admit. Always, always had these cars that always have troubles wanting to start the normal way. Uh, or climbing in through the window when the door lock is broken. Who's ever done that? I've had to climb in through the back window of the station wagon to get into the front of the car. <clears throat> But we can get so used to living with things that are broken that we do things to compensate for the brokenness and we think that that's normal. It can become our normal spiritually, spiritually to do things the hard way around because we get so used to a broken normal experience. So we think the broken, the broken way I think, the broken way I behave, the broken way in which I, I uh, uh, interpret life is, is my normal, but I want to tell you this morning, get used to a new normal, start accepting the Word of God as your normal, start allowing that to change you on the inside spiritually, and you'll start to live in a supernatural element and dimension that you've never seen before. So living like that, you can leave, you, you can leave us believing life is all about um, dead ends when you're living with a, 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 an un, a, what is it, a, a, a broken normal. You think life everywhere I go, I always end in a dead end. I never end where I want. I never find myself positioned in the right places because your normal has told you and taken you to places where you didn't want to be. So today, we're going to prophesy over destinies. We're going to prophesy over your destinations in life. You may have only ever found yourself at the dead end of the street, but I want you to get ready for a surprise, get ready for a new normal to overtake your life. And it's, it's when you step into uh, supernatural believing. That's called supernatural faith. That's called supernatural trust in Jesus. You're so excited today, this morning. Let's have a scripture. That might wake some of you up. Luke chapter 17, verse 5, and we do preach from the Bible. Luke chapter 17, verse 5 says, The apostle said to the Lord, Show us how to increase our faith. Now, what I find here is Jesus' answer is so amazing in verse 6, and I'll paraphrase it for you. It's the Rob Santo version paraphrase that I'm using. 
Basically, Jesus says, if only you had a tiny bit of faith, only if you had a smidgen little bit of faith, he says, you could pick up this mulberry tree that just happened to be standing and you could throw it into the sea just with your faith alone. I don't know why you'd have to do that, but it'd be pretty cool. He says, if only you had a tiny bit of faith, he's saying that would be enough. Now, I'll just mention, could it be, could it be, it won't be you, it may be someone else sitting next to you or sitting down the road from you, it wouldn't be you, but could it be that the reason why we don't live in the supernatural element of God is it's not that we don't have little faith, we've got zero faith. And I want to challenge you this morning to, to draw on something from Jesus and say, Jesus, will you help me? Jesus, will you join me? Jesus, will you come into my life and help me to have just a little bit of faith? What, what often gets missed is, is what Jesus says next. So he said, you, you, all you need is a tiny little bit of faith and you can see amazing things happen. But then he goes on in the next few verses and he's talking about all about serving others and doing your duty. Oh, that's, that's unfair. So the disciples come to Jesus and say, Tell us how to grow our faith. Show us, teach us how to, how to build our faith up. And Jesus says, you only need a tiny little bit. But if you really want to know how to grow your faith, start serving. So I want to put it to you this morning. That's not part of my message, but I'll do a commercial. Serve in the house of God. It's a great place to start. Serve in the local community. Where's Al here this morning? Al serves in the, in, in the, in the footy club. And, and he got like best, uh, what was it, best volunteer or something this year. Well done, Al. What was it? What was it? But it's serving and that's bringing the kingdom of God to where we are. So I want to encourage you, and it's not an either or. Please don't, don't misunderstand me here. Say, oh, well, I serve out in the world. My, I'm doing my thing out there. You've got to have a, 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 a both. It's not one or the other. It's, it's both. It's not my life has all these little boxes, compartments here, there, and everywhere. And this is my, this is my um, you, you do that for your socks and your underpants. You don't do that for your spiritual life. You're all one that is given to glorify God wherever you are. So if you're part of a church, glorify God by saying, I'm connected, I'm planted, I'm, 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 I'm fully committed to the house of God. And then when, you, when you're in your workplace, you say, I'm, I'm fully committed to being a light into the darkness. I'm so excited this morning. But Jesus said, they're saying, oh, teach us how to grow our faith. How to grow faith. He says you only need a tiny little bit doesn't matter about how much, it's how you use it. Jesus tells us you don't need much faith to bring in the supernatural. But practice spiritual disciplines and serve Jesus. Um, and life becomes richer and you become stronger in your faith. Live a new normal. Live a new normal in the supernatural. Take a tiny bit of faith and start serving someone else. Start serving others. May I remind One Heart Church, the Christian life is to be lived in the supernatural. Let's be a church of such supernatural, such faith, that we experience life um, together, believing and seeing unnatural, unexplainable, supernatural stuff. That wasn't a very clever description. But I want to see supernatural stuff, whatever that means. 
I want to see supernatural things taking place. I want to see us, you know, seeing the provision, the blessing of God and, the, and, and uh, people who are broken being healed, people who are, who are emotionally scarred and, 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 and bent through life and seeing, seeing those things all coming together and making sense and being healed and whole. I want to see all that stuff. Let's be a church of that. I want to go back to the beginning of Adam and Eve because they're of supernatural origin. They didn't get here by themselves, but they were the first of us. And we all came from them. And so God created Adam and Eve naturally, but into a supernatural, out of a supernatural moment. So everything that we see in the natural came from a supernatural source, which is God, which is Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit working all together to create what we know. But they were born naturally into a supernatural uh, via supernatural means. So, if you just look at some of the Old Testament uh, characters th- this morning, Abraham, he had a supernatural encounter with faith, and it started when God told him to leave where he was, leave where he was living, and move somewhere else. That's found in Genesis 12, verse 1. Abraham, minding his own business, God says, I want you to move. I want to tell you something, if we're going to be people who are at the cusp of what God's doing today, here in this city, we can't be responsible for what happens at Wyala or Port Augusta or Adelaide or some other place. But we're responsible for what God wants to do in our lives, around us and in us, to the city of Port Lincoln. So he says, Abraham, you've got to move from where you're living. And I want to, I want to tell you, one of the first steps of building your faith is you've got to be prepared to move where God tells you. Second person is Isaac. Um, he had a, this is Abraham's son. Isaac had a supernatural encounter of faith that started when he prayed because his wife couldn't have a baby. It says that in Genesis 25, verse 21. It says that Isaac, that's kind of the first um, real encounter he has with God, is he begins to pray because his wife can't have a baby. She's saying, Isaac, I want a baby. Isaac, I need a baby. Isaac, how come all my friends are having babies? Isaac, what's wrong? Is it you or is it me? Isaac. He says, it must be you. I'll pray. And it says he prayed and she has twins. Named Orlando and Harvey. He has, this, he has this, this encounter with God, a faith inter, intersection of his life where he's, the need is they don't have kids, they can't have a baby. And he begins to pray and he asks God and they get two babies. That's the start of his interactions with God. So the, 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 um, one of those babies is, is Jacob. Now Jacob had a supernatural encounter with God uh, of the faith kind. And God changed his name from Jacob, which means schemer, supplanter. And, and he says, your name is now going to be Israel. That means you've struggled with God and won. That's found in Genesis 32, uh, verse 22 and onwards. But Jacob to Israel is a faith story. It's our story. It's your story too. It describes an active relationship with God, uh, with us and God with our questions, with our struggles, with our weaknesses, with our straws, with, with our flaws, with our things that we don't understand about God. Who's ever had those questions? Who's ever felt that struggle thinking, God, why is it so hard? Why do you do it like this? It's that struggle. It's that, it's that uh, um, transition from being a Jacob 
doing it your way, planning, scheming, doing life however way you've thought you should do it, to then saying, God, I surrender to you. And God puts a new name on us. So he went from Jacob to Israel. Maybe someone here today, all you need to hear is don't give up. It says that Jacob wrestled all night. Then in the morning, um, he, he, the, 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 the angel, or whether it was Jesus or God himself, I'm not really sure, but it says, it, Jacob says, you know, the, 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 says the man, I think it was God, says to him, what is your name? He's challenging him. He says, my name is Jacob. And, he, and then he says, you're now going to be called Israel. But, maybe, but he didn't give up. That's what I was getting at here. He didn't give up. He wrestled all night with the things of God. And I want to tell you, if there's nothing else you take away from today, is never give up in the things of God. Have faith like Jacob that struggled all night, but by morning he had a new name and a new destiny. And, you know, that's what God wants to, to start uh, uh, putting on us, putting on you as an individual, is a new name and a new destiny. Now, I don't, I don't technically mean that you've got to change your name, but you can know there's a change on the inside. That you can say, I used to think like this, I used to be like that, um, I used to go these places, but something's changed and I feel like I'm a different person. In some way, not giving up is showing the best faith that we can have. Not giving up is the best faith that we can have. Supernatural faith like Moses, who had, a, who had a burning bush experience on a mountain. It was a faith encounter that led him back to Egypt and led, him, uh, and led the people of Israel to freedom. That's found in Exodus chapter 3. Supernatural faith like Joshua, where the sun stood still when he prayed so they could win the battle. Joshua 10, 13. Uh, supernatural faith like Elijah who, who confronted evil and called on God and saw miracles and, and prayed so, so that the, the rain would stop and then prayed again and the rains came, uh, stood against the prophets of Baal, this evil uh, kind of system that, that was at work. That's in 1 Kings 17 verse 18. Uh, 17 verse 18. Um, supernatural faith like Elisha, whose bones had so much residual power, so much faith left in them, that uh, when, when a dead body hit his bones in the tomb, it sprung to life. Supernatural faith like Isaiah, who was a prophet to kings. And uh, he prayed for a sundial to move backwards as a sign to the king whose heart was far from God. All these, all these people ex uh, that, that are expressed here encountered something supernatural from God by faith that changed everything. And if we're to experience supernatural experiences and things, it starts by what we believe. That's called faith. We've got to start getting a belief system operating in our thinking, in our world, in our minds that says, Jesus, you can. This is not faith in faith. It's not, it's not faith in, a, in this thing called faith as a magical, mystical formula. It's faith in Jesus, the Son of God, who takes away the sin of the world. That's who we need to place our faith in. He's the rock of life, the rock of all ages. He can be relied upon. He's consistent. He's all loving. He's all knowing. He's all powerful. We need to put faith in him, faith in Jesus. So today, I don't want anyone to walk away with an ambiguous thing. With If I just have this fuzzy thing called faith somewhere, if I can get a hold of it, whatever that is, then maybe my life will change. No, start putting your trust, your confidence, your 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 um, 
your focus on Jesus Christ. And you know how you start with that? You say, Jesus, forgive me because I'm a sinner. Deal with that stuff. Deal with that. So don't go asking for the Ferrari and the speedboat and all those other things that I've asked for. If only you do that in a, in a, a real brick house, that would be too, good too, God. We, we're focusing on all those things. If we can start with the, with the, the focus point first, Jesus, forgive me of my sin because I know I'm a sinner. And do that often and do that regularly. And when you, when you find yourself in that place of sin, don't run away from him, run back to him. Because that's the trick of the devil. We, we do something, we fall, we make a mistake, we sin. And the devil says, oh, run away, run far away. Don't come back. Don't go to church. They all judge you. No, you don't get judged in church, not around here. Hey, great message last Sunday, Josh, by the way. In, into, slight interjection. Josh was talking about last week getting hand-me-downs from his cousins in Perth. I get hand-me-ups from Sean. <laughs> Thanks. I think it looks better on me anyway. So I'm not, I'm not preaching this morning about faith in faith, about some mystical, uh, uh, magical formula. It's, it's bedrock, faith in Jesus Christ. You've forgiven me of my sins. You've taken out all the, all the garbage, all the rubbish, all the, all the things that I can't control and all the things that I did wrong and, and are born into and you've cleansed me and healed me and taken away all that brokenness that is a result of sin and you've made a way for me to be right with God. That's the foundation point. When we get that right, then we can start to walk, we can start to run, we can start to fly in our spiritual experience. Oh, that was exciting. Put faith in Jesus. Now, no message on faith would be complete without mention of Hebrews 11 and James chapter 2. They can be your homework. You can go away, read them. Okay, right, taking notes, say homework this week. I'm going to read Hebrews 11. And I'm going to look at James chapter 2. But, but I want you to also maybe do some research on some strange things. The Bible's full of strange things like Philip, who was snatched away. Acts chapter 8, verse 34 to, uh, 34 to 40. See, one minute, he's baptizing an Ethiopian. If, you, if you've been around church a long time, you might know the story. Philip goes, goes uh, out on, on a journey. Uh, God tells him to go. To, to this place and he meets a man and he witnesses to him about the about Jesus being the Messiah and then he's baptizing the guy and then it says it says suddenly um, he disappears suddenly he's snatched away as it says and he's he's taken from one place and dropped at a place called Azotos Azotus probably a distance of about 60 k's away. It's like if we were doing baptisms here and, and, and I baptize somebody and then the next thing I know, you will go, where's Rob gone? I've, I've disappeared and I turn up in Tumby Bay. And I have no idea how I got there. That'd be cool. Gold Coast would be cooler, but... Suddenly he's snatched away and he's dropped at a place called Azotos. So... The thing is here, Philip's desire for the work of Jesus came before anything else. And that's what positioned him for miracles, even supernatural teleporting. Before Star Trek, God was already doing it. That's a true statement. 
Let's not read this and other stories of the early church and give ourselves reasons and excuses why we don't see this. We don't need to give ourselves a theology of why God doesn't. Have you ever been around and, and, and people preach of why God doesn't anymore? I don't want to know why God doesn't. I want to know a way how we can find how God does. Let's work on faith that believe God does. Let's be a church community that believe God does. Philip operated a level of supernatural faith that defied the natural, the normal, and promoted him to live supernaturally in his natural. And that's where we want to live. That's what we want to aspire to. That's what we want to aim for. That's what we want to see so that we can say when, when, when there's things that seem impossible, we're going to see them come to pass. When we see where, where we've been at the dead ends and the blockages and, the, and there seems to be no way forward, we're going to believe that we're going to get through this with the power of a supernatural miracle. So don't talk yourself out of faith. I mean, there's so many times where people talk themselves out of faith with great arguments. I've had to challenge myself. You would have heard me say this before, but I've had to challenge myself by the way I talk, saying things like, we have to know our limitations. You ever heard me say this one? I used to say it all the time, well, we can't do that. Got to know our limitations. And after a season of prayer and fasting, God really challenged me and said, stop saying that. You're talking like a fool. Oh, fool. Couldn't that have gone to my wife? It got me. I've had to challenge myself and change to a confession of faith statements like, well, you know what, I can't, maybe I can't see how, but I, I don't need to know our limitations or my limitations. I just need to get more acquainted with a limitless God that I serve who has all knowledge, all power, all, all everything. Believe faith that Jesus will work in your circumstances, in your life, in your favor. As for us, the believer... The Christian today, we have the truth of Jesus. We have access to the supernatural power of God every day through the blood of Jesus. Through the supernatural blood of Jesus that makes the way where we have no way. Believe, have faith that Jesus will work in your circumstance, in your life, in your favor. Say to yourself, say to yourself, I have favor. I have favor. So right now, you might be facing, you might think you, you need some work, you need some money. Start confessing, I have favor. Start confessing, I have favor. You might think, but I've got sickness in my body. I, I have weakness here. Uh, there's things that keep reoccurring that just hasn't gone away. Maybe for a long, long time, you need to start saying, confessing, I have favor. This sickness can't stay in me. Get used to that. Start speaking it. Start speaking it until you believe it. So when the apostles asked Jesus how to increase their faith, Jesus said, you only need a little bit and nothing has changed today. The message still hasn't changed today. When, when we think, well, how, what do we do? How do we, how do we go from, from where we are to the next in the supernatural things of God? You only need a little bit. We've got to start with just a little bit. The only thing I can challenge you with is start with a little bit that you have. Second Peter 1 verse 3 to 4. In, in my Bible, the, the heading says, uh, uh, growing in faith. And I'll, I'll paraphrase it here for you on the screens. But it says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need 
for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. One heart, church, are you ready for a new normal? Get ready for a new way forward, not another dead-end experience. 2 Peter 1 verse 5, I've paraphrased this, in view of all this, make every effort. That's you know, what we've just read. It says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, endurance. That is not giving up. Don't give up. Godliness, brotherly affection, and love everyone. That's a great pattern for a church. It's a great way to live. It's a great way to, to develop in this thing called faith. Ask the Lord, right now, why don't we just bow our heads? This is personal time between you and God. There's no wrong or right answer. You don't have to respond at all if you don't want to. But ask the Lord, how, where have I been living with a broken spiritual? Have I, got, have I got so normal to a broken experience that I've been, in a, in a spiritual sense, in a supernatural sense, climbing in the car window when I should be able to just hop in the door? Have I been, you know, flushing with a bucket when I should have just been pressing a button? Doing things the hard way. Have I been talking myself out of faith? Have I convinced myself with my own excuses? I want to say this morning, let's have, no more, let's have no more convincing ourselves out of miracles and out of God's plan. Rather, let's invite Jesus into the story. Let's invite Jesus into our, into our hurt, into our setbacks, into our dead ends moments. Say, Jesus, will you help me? Jesus, I'm inviting you in. Jesus, will you, will you uh, show me which way to go now? And you know something the Word of God tells us that He always will. Let's open ourselves to a new supernatural, a life that turns the key and starts things, that uh, turn the key and, and open, open the door. No more climbing through windows. No more roll starts. That's living in the hard way. Live by the small amount of faith and you'll be amazed what God will do. Will you just bow your heads with me this morning? I want to pray for people today. And I just ask if you want to respond to God, you don't have to come up the front or do anything like that. But if we could just stand together this morning. And perhaps there's something that has that has spoken to you today. Particularly, I want to pray for those with every head bowed and eye closed. But I want to pray personally for people who you've you've got caught at, at dead end moments. You've found yourself walking alive, going through things and you've, you've found yourself, well, I didn't want to end here. I don't know even really how I got to here, but spiritually my life seems like I've stopped I've, and I can't see my way out. I can't see my way forward. I'm, I'm trapped in. God wants to meet you there today and lead you out. It may take a process. It may take some time, but he wants to lead you out. There's others here who you've been at the, that point of giving up. You thought, I just can't do this anymore. I just want to curl up in a ball and just forget about the world. Don't give up today. 
Now, if any of those things are, are you this morning, no one's looking around, I just want you to raise your hand and say, will you pray for me today? Just raise your hands nice and high. Will you pray for me today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep your hands up nice and high. I'm going to pray a prayer in faith today that Jesus will meet you at your point of need this morning. So dear Heavenly Father, I pray today is a junction of destiny, just like we read and heard about these men of God in the Bible, these people of God who had these junction moments of life where you suddenly came and touched them and redirected them, gave them new names and and put them on a new pathway. I pray today in the name of Jesus that you may meet each hand that is represented here today, whatever their need, whatever that point is. If they're stuck, I pray that you'll show them a way out. If they're caught in in a place of wanting to give up, then Lord, I pray you stir right now new faith, new faith. And I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. God bless you. And uh, let's really believe that this morning something may get on us as we, um, as we go through this week, that we, were, we will remember to live a life of supernatural faith in every element of our life. God bless you, church.